Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Keep you on your on the edge of your seat, on your toes. Could happen. Because you never know. You never know when, you when it's going to when it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. You know, something may transpire that uh, leads us down a path that, uh, you know, leads us to uh, comedy or humor or just you know, laughing at ourselves or something something along those lines. Uh, Lady Raiders will be in action tomorrow in Morgantown, West Virginia. We'll have it at 11.30 for you, the tip at noon, uh, our time, as uh, it's a 1 o'clock tip there in Morgantown, but uh, 12 noon here in the Hub City. We'll have it for you on 107.7 Yes FM. Lady Raiders coming off of a win over Texas. And, and this is one of those deals, Jamie, where, you know, in, in recent years after a big win – um, you haven't been able to stack it with another one. So um, it's it's obviously important because you ch- have a chance to go above 500. Um, you have a chance to get your fourth win in the Big 12, 16th win overall. It would uh, pretty much secure you of a winning record, I believe, uh, you know, with what's what's left because there's after this game, there'd be, um, you'd be four and three, you have 11 games left. You've uh, lost four, so even if you lost all of them, you'd be 16 and 15. Um, anyway, the bottom line is, the bottom line is this: is that in recent years, when you've had a big win, you haven't been able to follow it up with a with a winnable game. This is a winnable game. Okay. Okay. Uh, taking care of business game. It's a taking care. Of, yeah, I think it's a taking care of business game. I'll be, you know, as much as we talk about, you know, Kansas State with a with a letdown after playing KU on. Uh, on Tuesday, and I, th- I think that's I think that's real. But I th- also think those coaches are smart enough. They're like, hey, we we're aware that everybody's been patting you guys on the back here all week long, and uh, telling you how great they are. And then, um, you know, you got this this West Virginia team that coughed up a huge lead, gave up as many points as they almost scored. They gave up fifty seven points in the second half against Kansas on, on excuse me on Wednesday night. And, and lost the game after having a 14-point lead at the half. Not that that's an insurmountable lead, but when you have a team that has a five-point quarter in the second and then comes back in the second half, they scored 20 points in the first half, West Virginia. Did. They come back and they scored 57 in the second half. You know, it's got to question you. The other thing I'll be interested in is uh, there, there was a coaching change at West Virginia. Mike Carey retired after last season, and he was – Basically, a women's coach version of Bob Huggins. I mean, he was a, a surly sort on the sideline, okay? I mean, he was his teams were tough. I mean, he coached tough, and he, you know, expected tough, and he expected, you know, that kind of blue-collar, mountain woman kind of mentality, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll be curious to see if they, how that's transpired with their new regime, or if it did. Maybe it, and maybe it did. Um, they got a key transfer from TCU. Why she went from TCU to uh, Morgantown to West Virginia is curious to me. A gal by the name of Tavi Diggs. Uh, she's a really good player for him, but um, I mean, she went to Plano High School, like Plano East. She won Plano. Anyway, the bottom line is, how do you get from TCU and Fort Worth to Morgantown? That's a that's a pretty much a. I'd recommend com- a plane. Complete culture difference. Yes. Yes. I wouldn't recommend that drive. No, you're you're right. Or even a train. It'd be a long train or bus trip as well. 
Uh, clearly, she wanted something different. Yeah, or she, there's a coach there she wanted to play for. That'd be my guess. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, uh, I, I don't think Morgantown, West Virginia, is the terrible place that you describe it as. Well, it's just different. I mean, it's different it's than different, Fort. It's right? just different than Fort Worth. If she mean, wanted the same thing, she would have stayed. Right. No. She clearly I'm, wanted something different. No. I mean, I'm not. I'm not bagging on Morgantown. It's just a, it's a it's a different mindset. It's a different world. It's it's colder. It's, it's snow. It's got. Because it never snows in Fort Worth. Mm. Never ever had a recruit from the South play not, for a team from the North. No, no, it's not. It's not it at all. It's not it at all. It just uh, it just seems odd to me. Okay, just seems just seems odd to me. Uh, somebody says, "What do you think of this lady team?" I think they're fun. I think they're fun to watch. I think they're kind of building, starting to build a little bit of a, an identity. Um, and um, I mean, we're seeing. You know, a, a freshman kind of develop right in front of our eyes in Kyla Freelon and uh, and a redshirt freshman who seems to be getting better and stronger with, with her defense and dribble and shot selection and, and jazz shavers. And I, I think the, the player that always just impresses me every game is just in terms of her toughness and willingness to, to get, like, thrown to the ground, take a charge, get knocked down as Bryn Gerlich. I mean, she... She gets beat up every single game, and uh, just just takes it. And then the other one is Katie Farrell, who um, she's a junkyard dog. I mean, she just she's a Swiss Army knife. She's somebody that can do a lot. When you look at the box score, you're like, eh. but trust me, I mean, she's a vital, vital player uh, to him. I mean, especially with assists and rebounds and just toughness and, and leadership. So that's that's it in a nutshell. So hopefully they can get one. Play their earliest game of the year since the uh, Education Day game. So I don't know that that means anything. Uh, they're going to practice tonight in Morgantown, have an early wake-up tomorrow, and get to the arena and win a ball game and try to go home. Okay? That's the, <laughs> that's the goal. Uh, so we have uh, high school hoops for you tonight. Boy, a really good matchup tonight over at the uh, Monterey's with uh, Lovett Cooper. And, uh, and the Monterey Plainsmen. The girls will play at six, the boys to follow. Um, what do you think of this? What do you think of this little matchup tonight? I think um, Cooper keeps it close for a little while, but I say Monterey by Monterey girls by 14. By 14. <clears throat> okay. And don't you think, I think it's really cool. Don't you think it's really cool? And I know you're going to say yes, so I don't even know why I'm saying, don't you think it's really cool? But I think it's really cool that you have this really good girls matchup that has captured attention where you're going to have a sellout. I mean, they if they didn't play the boys game, they'd still have standing room only there tonight. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I think that's, I think that's, I think that's really Great. cool. Mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Two, two really good girls programs there. Mm-hmm. No doubt. And then the, the boys in uh, Monterey will play at, at about 7.30 tonight. Uh, meanwhile, the Friendship Girls will travel down to Odessa, down to the Old Patch, take on Permian. And uh, that'll be a 6 o'clock broadcast time here on Double T 97.3 with the boys to follow. Is this an easy matchup for the Friendships on the girls' side? I have not seen Permian play yet. I don't think they'll be one of the tougher in the district. So um, I'm pretty confident in the uh, Lady Tigers in this one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you have a, a good eat spot before the game tonight, or you just go down there and get watch it and get out of town? Uh, I'll uh, 
I don't usually eat till on the way home. Okay. Mm-hmm. Didn't know if a pregame meal was, you know, stopping somewhere along the lines at a. But you know, I, I don't, I don't do the, the hole in the wall places or anything like that. <laughs> I mean, I just roll through drive through, man. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's not about the food. It's not, it's not what the trip's for. <laughs> <laughs> It's not what the. It's I am not so the, boring for you, aren't I? It's just it's not what the, so disappointing. No, it's not. So one of these days, you're going to tell me, man, I went to this little place and got me some no some of this or some of that or found something found something different. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a better chance that he let his daughters go to A and M without a scholarship than for Jamie to stop at a hole in the wall place and grab something and then tell us about it and then yeah. tell us about it yeah. go in there and, and uh, that's two things against his game <laughs> go in there one. to see the see the locals and you know you see a guy that like works at the tire shop that says sam on it you know he's got his name embroidered on his shirt hey sam tell me what's good here at which point <laughs> sam goes sam why are you calling for my brother <clears throat> oh yeah i just borrowed his shirt today no 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 he he'd be proud of it and he'd be he'd be proud of you know somebody walked in and called him by name, or if you worked over at the yeah. at the Ford House or something like that, or the... I, I don't think I've ever been to a restaurant where I ask somebody what's good or okay. their opinion on something. <laughs> Never. <laughs> like one of the locals, or or the waitress or the waiter or anything. Yeah, I yeah. I've asked a, a waiter what his favorite thing on the menu was. That's pretty much every. Well, so that's his favorite thing. I mean, it doesn't mean it's going to be yours. Yeah, right. But I was looking for something different. Tell me, tell okay. me, tell me, tell me about the, tell me about this. What are you, what are you thinking about this? No, no. You're just looking for, you're just looking for reasons to talk at that point. <laughs> oh goodness! It is uh, six twenty-five this morning here on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T ninety-seven three. So high school hoops tonight. Got the colleges tomorrow and the NFL tomorrow afternoon. Have uh, the Chiefs and the Jaguars playing at uh, three o'clock tomorrow afternoon from Arrowhead. That should be an interesting one and the night game as well. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. The uh, Dallas Cowboys will play on uh, Sunday evening against the San Francisco 49ers. Our broadcast time four thirty. Uh, good news if you're Brett Maher. Uh, it's not the same kind of pressure as a game, but yesterday afternoon he made his first kick right down the old pike, his second one too, and he was six for six as he was uh, kicking uh, field goals or attempts, maybe point afters. Let's get that one right. He missed four extra points in the ball game against Tampa Bay. Zeke Elliott said this after practice yesterday, Jamie. We've got trust in him. We've got faith in him. That's our brother, and we're not going to turn our back on him. Last week, and I'm going to read this specifically as he said it, last week we ain't really need him, but this week we probably will. What language is that? It's Zeke is what that is. Zeke language. Last week, we ain't really need him. We ain't really need him. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's, uh, then he laughed and said, so get that blank together. That's quality Ohio State education <laughs> that is, right, right there. Yeah, no doubt. No yeah. doubt. Um, I think it's uh, I think it's a positive <clears throat> thing uh, that you're seeing him kick well in practice mm-hmm. and 
you know, it's not, he's not out there, you know, making it even worse on, on himself. At the same time, I don't think until he's in a game that you can be sure. confident again, right? But at the same, right. but again, I feel like it's positive. You'd rather him be making them now, feeling better about things and yeah. seeing things go through the soon seeing balls go through the uprights than than the opposite and him just feel like he's falling apart at the seams. Cowboys signed uh, Tristan Viscano, and uh, after Maher kicked at practice yesterday, uh, Viscano shanked his first attempt and then connected on three of five. Okay. Um, Mike McCarthy, the Cowboy coach, said uh, with regard to the signing of uh, Mr. Viscano, it doesn't take away from our trust in Brett. I just think it's part of the responsibility. Player acquisition is a 365-day focus. This is nothing out of the norm for us. We just want to make sure we're in position to always add depth to our football team. That's his job. Yeah, no, I think that's the right thing to do. Yeah, that's his job. Um, Cowboys special team coordinator John Fossil said on Tuesday he believed Maher had the yips, which this article on Yahoo goes to uh, outline that it's a physical condition that blocks an athlete's ability to perform tasks of which they're usually capable Yips. We I think we all knew that, John. Thank you, Coach. He also believed Maher's process and practice could return the kicker to a hot hand. Now, yes. I read two different articles yesterday about <clears throat> this kicking situation. Remember, remember we talked about early, either early this week or last week, I guess it was late last week, how the officials... Uh, we're cracking down on foreign objects to help, you know, placeholders put the ball on something, whether it was a coin or something along those lines. So apparently in the Cowboy game, um, first of all, they lost two of the three kicking balls were lost in the crowd after, after extra point misses because they missed so badly they, they went beyond the net, okay? And so these kicking balls are something like cradled like babies for these kickers. So they lost two of the three. And then the Cowboys' holding procedure was changed because an official prohibited the use of white grass blades being used as a sight line. Um, Cowboys holder, apparently all season long, Brian Anger, who is the punter as well, has plucked a blade of turf that is painted white and sets it down as a sight line to ensure that he sets the football at Maher's preferred spot. Before the second attempt, an official told Anger he could not use the grass blade as a tool. The official said, rules prohibit foreign objects to be used as a spot. Okay? Okay. I thought that was, I thought that was very interesting. Fossil said, I hadn't seen any memo or discussion about it. Well, okay, coach, I mean, they, and but with regard to what we saw was, or heard was that it was more about placing the ball on something, not using something as a, quote, sight line. He said, I didn't even know about it until our holder came up to tell me what had happened. Supposedly, it was emphasized all season, but it's never been brought up to me my whole career. It's not an excuse by any means, just very unique to have that happen. But what was interesting to me is that the Philadelphia Eagles kicker, Jake Elliott, he says the use of a visual marker, quote, is completely legal. 
he said he and his punter were flagged for potential cheating. Um, that apparently happened from an incident in week 14 when the emergency holder appeared to pick up a small object after the ball was picked. He said, we've always used something that's within the rules. It's just literally to mark the spot. It's part of the playing surface, like a piece of grass or something like that. I'd never heard of that. Not that anybody's, you know, asking. I just, you've, you know, you've never seen that, right? You've never, I've never seen anybody, like, pluck a piece of a grass and then put it as a, use it as a sight line. I guess it makes sense. But you got those two big, huge yellow posts that are standing right there in front of you. I don't know how a piece of grass would help you more than those two big goalposts. I know you aren't a uh, gun guy, Chuck, mm -hmm. but when you are aiming a firearm, there are sights at the end of the barrel and also closer to where you are so you can get the barrel pointed in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know how that translates to kicking, but having more than having a close marker and a further marker to get a straight line for two places is the best way to do that kind of aiming thing. Okay. It just... It's just curious to me because I just never heard of that before. I've never heard of it either. Um, Elliot uh, talked about this in this art Yahoo article, also saying when we talked to them, the league, we explained what we were doing. They say they saw what we were doing. He had probably thirty teams do it around the league, which there's thirty teams, right, or thirty-two. There's thirty-two because there's thirty major league baseball teams. It's just a point of emphasis, and someone makes it bigger than it is. Everything we've done has been completely legal. Again. Like uh, Fossil said, um, it's uh, it's not an excuse. It's just something that they wouldn't let them do. Somebody says this off the chat line. I would assume it is for the holder, not the kicker. Okay. Okay. Still, uh, I mean, of all the times I've seen a guy, you know, spot the ball, put it down. You always hear about where are the laces, you know. How are they? How are they twisted? Or are yep. they twisted? You hear about the laces a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but you don't ever hear about this specific blade of grass that helps the holder, quote, spot the ball. I don't know. I just thought it was, uh, I just thought it was interesting that it was in two different articles uh, that I looked at, and it comes off, of course, it's a big focus because of what happened with, with Maher in uh, missing all the extra points uh, the other day. So there you go. 6.39 this morning here on the morning drive. Take your thoughts and comments on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to double T 97.3. Dot com for that or the mobile app benchmark hotline is open as well um be a change in uh, coaches at notre dame mike bray is going to retire after this coming season interesting that they announced it yesterday which was the 49th anniversary of uh notre dame knocking off ucla and ending their winning streak mm -hmm. i don't know if it was timed that way or if it's just ironic yeah uh, just a coincidence maybe i mean he's done a tremendous job there um but one of the things he's not done is taking him to a final four yeah i'm I mean, why uh tremendous well I, maybe tremendous might be too maybe too strong a word it's not a good job he's, he's, they've, been they've, had good, they've had good teams yeah 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 maybe they haven't had any deep runs have they did it's i been, am i forgetting it's, it's been a well it's been a while i mean of course texas tech knocked, knocked him out last year uh, I, I want to say 2015, they were like in the Sweet 16 with a chance. They had a really good team going that was expected to go further than they did, and then then they lost. 
Um, but I would say, you know, if you look back at it, if you're him, you're like, look at the resources, look at what they want. It's Notre Dame, for God's sake. Uh, the women's team's won a couple of national championships. Look at the resources at Notre Dame? Yeah. Like we're complaining they're not good enough? No, I, no, no, oh, no. I was okay. just saying that. I think that they are, yeah. I think they have deep pockets there. Mm-hmm. They probably, but it's hard. I mean, academically, blah, 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 blah. Probably plenty of reasons why they, they didn't get to the promised land. It's just interesting. It's, it's one of those things, I guess, harder than it looks. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Nice to have you with us this morning on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. You can access us through the Double T 97.3 mobile app presented by Happy State Bank. That's where the Yates Flooring Center chat line is. We get this. Do you agree with this? We either win tomorrow or lose by 20. So if you're basing your hope off of that Kansas State is not going to be ready because they're fat and happy off of Monday, then I guess that would be a possibility in that, okay, well, if they do show up, they're going to pound you because they're way better than you. But if they don't show up, you have a chance. So I guess that would be the thinking there. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. And I don't Um, know that I agree with that. I don't know that I do as well. I, I'm. I just don't know what to expect, Chuck. I really, I really don't. Um, you've played. I, I mean, down in Austin on Saturday of of last week, it felt like pretty good environment there. <clears throat> yeah. And you handled that. I know you've lost these three home games, and so you know you were playing in front of the home crowd but you can only look at really two road games in big 12 play and one of them you played pretty well against texas and one of them you played horrible against kansas or excuse me iowa state so i just don't know what to expect i really don't i I wouldn't be shocked if they lost by 20 and i would not be shocked if they won Mm -hmm. i don't think the red raiders are a terrible basketball team i think you're just i mean you're close you're just you've just been not quite good enough and this Big 12 conference just doesn't let you catch a breath, you know, and, and get get a foothold and get moving in the right direction. It's just – there's just nothing there that's like, okay, let's yeah. get these easy pickings games here and we'll we'll get a little big mo heading in the right direction. Sure. I, mean, I think everybody's looking at you now as that team that can give you that I, momentum. I mean, maybe, but I think they're also probably smart enough to look at the scores and see yeah. the way the it's games have played game. out yeah. and said, man, that is no gimme. Mm-hmm. That is no gimme. And maybe, and this might be strange to say too, maybe this is one of those games where it's better to play on the road and and kind of have that us-against-the-world mentality than play at home and you know, feel like you've got the 800-pound gorilla on your back because you haven't been able to get a win or haven't been able to, you know, you you, you play a little tighter. I don't know. Maybe. Um, maybe. But, again, I don't think they've played poorly at home. No, no, no. I don't I don't either. It's just as the well, – I don't, I don't – it doesn't look like there's a gorilla on their back. Okay. Okay. Would you agree with that? Or? Yeah, I just wonder. It's, I just wonder as you – you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, the Brett Maher deal the other day. It's like, you know – once he missed two, you felt pretty strongly that he was going to miss three. I mean, if somebody had said to you, hey, I bet he misses this one, you know, and you, you had the means, you're like, yeah, I bet he does too. You know, um, I think sometimes when you're when you're playing and trying to kind of break the seal, so to speak, sometimes you put more pressure on yourself than 
than what everybody else is putting on you. And I think that the expectation and the disappointment has got to be at a pretty high level for that basketball team. And maybe, you know, getting out of town and, you know, playing at a place that's going to have a raucous environment and they're not given a, you know, snowball's hell and chance of winning. Uh, <laughs> it's not the right way to say that. Not, anyway, they're not given a chance to win. How about that? Just not given a chance to win. Um, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Maybe maybe that's what does it for him. So we'll see. Maybe the fact that it's us against the world, nobody, nobody, you know, believes we have a shot here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I think the other thing too is, I mean, I realize he's played in just two games, but man, you've been. Uh, I'll be. I'm anxious to see what uh, Amac looks like tomorrow against K State. You know, because. Uh, I walked away just kind of. I walked away impressed. Do you think Amac's going to get significantly better than he is right now? No, I just I don't know if he's going to get significantly better. I just think he'll be able to get play play more, get more minutes. That's okay, fair. I don't That's know fair. that I don't know, and I think I think everybody will get used to playing around him too, and I wonder if if having him in the lineup helps somebody else, whether it's. Davion Harmon or Kevin O'Banner. And like you said, I mean, it's hard to ask anymore of Pop Isaacs, but maybe maybe it helps some of the other guys because they have to pay attention to AMAC, and so as a result, it frees up somebody plus, else. Plus, he's a good passer. Yeah. He sees the floor well. Yeah, right, right. Maybe that could help somebody get open looks. Sure. So, and it's just, it's about knocking if, down shots. Or if he's, you know, scoring in the paint and his. 45 year old rec like <laughs> rec style player style maybe he's uh he's getting doubled and he's kicking out and giving you know some open looks to re- to shooters on the outside yeah I'd, I'd like to know where the um I'd, I'd like to know where the perceived opportunity is um for for tech tomorrow i mean where do they feel like the the weak link is for k-state hmm and maybe somebody says this. Uh, Hal says this. Snowballs, hell, and chance. You bring it all on yourself. I, oh, I'm aware. I'm aware that I'm sometimes my own worst enemy. Um, for instance, but we're all your best friends. Are you? Mm-hmm. We are. Are you? <clears throat> the chat line, Jeff and I. Yeah. We're all here for you. I mean, an, an obvious thing for this team is. Their inability to get to the free throw line. I mean, you're 67 of 100 in conference play. K State is 116 of 147. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a big big difference. You know, they make 19 a game. You make 11. Now, here's the thing: well, if you had eight points in every one of the games you played in Big 12 play, eight more points. How many more wins would you have? Well, I mean, you certainly have. You know, TCU, Kansas, Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma, Texas, Texas, and Baylor. Baylor was a uh, it was you were, you lost by seven. Here's the other thing that's so here's, everyone but Iowa State. Here's the thing that I would be encouraged about is K State has a tendency to give up a bunch of free throws too. They make 19 a game. 
Their opponents make 19 a game in, in Big 12 play. Texas Tech, you make 11 a game. Your opponents make 10 a game. Now, is that because your opponents are shooting lights out? Well, your opponents have made 29 more field goals than you. Your opponents have shot 41 more field goals than you. Your opponents have made eight more threes than you, shot four more threes than you, but they shot 18 less free throws. Is that because they don't need to? I mean, you could make that case too. It's depending on how you Because you've given up open looks. Right. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean... It, it, you know you can you can make these numbers what you what you want them to be um sometimes or sometimes it's just the facts of hey you got to play better defense okay play better defense you know zone it up maybe maybe they need to zone it up Jamie mm-hmm. you know zone it up and force somebody to shoot from the outside you know I mean that's something the lady Raiders did the other night against Texas Texas known for paint touches so what do you need to do eliminate paint touches What's a way that you can do that if your bigs can't get down the floor to meet to meet up with their bigs? Okay, zone it up. Zone it up and make some shots. And then what? Guess what? It makes it harder and you force a team to shoot threes. Texas shot way more threes the other night than they wanted to, would be my guess. Because their numbers didn't suggest the number of threes that they took against the Lady Raiders. They, they made about what they normally make, but they shot way more than the, what they normally shoot. And so as a result... You have long rebounds or balls go out of bounds off of those shots um and you have it, it creates some opportunity for you on the offensive end mm-hmm. so i i don't know if um the zone is exactly what you need to do i don't think kansas state's quite as good shooting the three as other teams that you've played but i definitely like the idea of mixing it in some yeah so maybe this would be a team that it would work better against i i, I was not in favor i, I know a lot of people wanted to see it more against Baylor but I mean use it sparingly a little bit but that team's got too many shooters yeah. to sit in a zone too long I understand I mean I'm just I'm not talking about every possession but just mix it up you got to do something different because obviously what you're doing isn't working because you're 0-6 mm-hmm. um, it's this but Chuck when a defense gives up open threes the zone doesn't work I got it that has been an issue for the men I got it but maybe go out and tackle somebody I don't know. Fairly certain you'll get a penalty, uh, foul for that. If you you will, but somebody. I mean, you'll make them think about it, and you then know? get your guy thrown out of the game. Then probably the second how about, time. How about how about just be a little more physical? How about just get out there and defend somebody, get a hand in the face or something. I think you just got to be better defensive players. I think mm-hmm. you got to be a little bit tougher. I, I don't know that that's the, those are the strong suits of this team. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. Hey, good morning. For our 731 listeners, I'm looking for support of the term froze when you hit your free throws. You got to hit your froze. So if you... uh, I don't know, child of the 70s, and uh, remember those? Got to hit your froze. Hey, man, got to hit your froze. Hit me up on the 8th Flooring Center chat line. Show me a little love this morning here on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3. So you're now saying it was used in the 70s? I think so. I think me and my buddies in high school or college, I mean, we talked about hitting or froze. Was it the same buddies that called Kansas or excuse me, Wichita State doodah? That was the doodah deal is more me. I think they lost last night, which warmed my... 
warmed my soul. It's good. All right, your question for me, sir. All right, it's an eight-parter. Oh, man. I don't want to ask any Red Raider men's basketball questions because, I, unfortunately, I feel like every question is mm-hmm. negative. I don't, I don't want to do that. So okay. I feel like I've been going NFL heavy okay. this, this week, but I apologize. Uh, NFL question for you, Chuck. Mm-hmm. I want you to, one through eight, rate the NFL quarterbacks remaining in the playoffs. And the reason I'm really trying to get this, I, I just, I'm trying to – figure out where people think Dak Prescott fits mm-hmm. in the eight remaining quarterbacks. Okay. I think we all will agree on number one. Yeah, number one is uh, number five for the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, right? Yeah, there's no question. There's no question Mahomes is number one. I think one. he's number 15, actually, for the Kansas City They're Chiefs. number 15, yeah, number yeah. 15 for the Chiefs, right? Number five here. Doesn't right? even know his own okay. quarterback's number. Well, he also didn't think he was ready for the NFL. Thought he should have stayed in school and it was going to be a bad decision, so. I did. I did say that. I did say that. You're right. Why did okay. he have to go to the Chiefs? Man, I'm so glad he did. All right, so number 15 for the Chiefs is number one. Um, so now who is number two? I think Josh Allen's number two. Okay. Uh, number three, I'm going to say is Joe Burrow. Number four is um, Jalen Hurts. Number five is Trevor. No, I don't think. Uh, number five is Dak. Number six is um, Trevor Lawrence. Number seven is Brock Purdy. And number eight is um, the guy from... uh, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones from the Giants. So are you picking these over, like, where they are, over the... How good you think they've been in their career or where they are right now? Where they are right now. And you put Daniel Jones eighth after that performance against the Vikings? Yeah, because I think he's I think he's a guy that needs to do it again. Okay. I think he's a guy that needs to do it again. I don't like my list, but it's just very similar to Chuck's. I got Pat one, Allen two, Burrow three, Hertz four. I do have Lawrence at five. I've got Dak at six, so I flipped those two. Mm-hmm. I think I'll go Jones, then Purdy. I'll do it that way. But I don't like my list. Okay, I I got Mahomes one. I've got, I mean, Jalen Hurts has a chance to be the MVP, so I'm going with Jalen Hurts, number two, Mm -hmm. Joe Burrow three, and um, Josh Allen four. I mean, he just turns the ball over too much. Three turnovers in the last game. Uh, It's it's too much. I, I mean, if we're talking over the course of their careers, this would my numbering would be differently. But if we're picking on what they've done in the playoffs and what I expect them to do and all that, mm-hmm. yeah, he's so Mahomes, Hurts, Burrow is three. Um, Josh Allen is four for me. Uh, I'm taking Daniel. Excuse me. I'm taking um, Dak fifth. Uh, I'm taking the Jacksonville quarterback. Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence, sixth. Uh, Jones, seventh. And Purdy, I'm still taking eighth. Okay. So what that 
says to me is that because I think we all have Purdy way down there. Mm-hmm. That, that's just the thing that gives me hope for the Cowboys this weekend. We just, I mean, he's been good. He's been really good. Yeah. I'm just waiting for him to have to deal with some some adversity. You know, I'm waiting for him to throw an early pick or I'm waiting for him to, you know, find his team down, you know, in the second half. And we saw that. And again, I, I mentioned it earlier this week. They were down 23 to 17, and the Seahawks are driving again, and they're inside the 20, and they're, you know, a chance to reclaim the lead. And I was very anxious to see how Purdy and the Niners were going to handle that. Because, you know, they were going to start to tighten up, and the crowd was going to get a little silent. And then Geno Smith fumbled, and the Niners just took off from there, and they were great. So, I mean, he's answered every question, every challenge up to this point. I just. Man, with the Cowboys pass rush, I just want to see if they can, they can force them into some, some tough times early on in this game on Sunday, and and then see what happens. Yeah, and do you do you have the sense? Because I have this sense, the Cowboys rely more on Dak to perform at a high level than the 49ers rely on Purdy to perform at a high level. I'm not going to say their quarterback is plug and play. It just seems like. The quarterback for the Cowboys has to do more as opposed to Brock Purdy, who's got Christian McCaffrey around him, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle. I mean, he's still got to throw the ball. Pollard, Zeke, I, I think the Cowboys have Parsons. plenty of weapons. I think the 49ers' defense is better than the Cowboys' defense. Okay. But I agree with your point that the Cowboys rely on the, on uh, on Dak to be a bigger part of it. I, I think Daniel – or excuse me uh, – Purdy is, is right now doing a terrific job of of spreading the ball around. I don't want to call him a bus driver because I feel like he's made big throws. Mm-hmm. You know, he's put up big numbers. It's not just about those guys, you know, him throwing five yards and, and those guys making big plays for him. But I, I agree that Dak there has, you know, the feeling of, you know, when Dak doesn't play well, the Cowboys don't usually win. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get that. Um I don't know. But. Just when does uh, when does the Cinderella turn into the the old proverbial pumpkin there for Brock Purdy? I just man, I just I just want to see him challenged. I want to see if he can get up off the mat. Oh, I, I'd love to see if this game is close. You know, late in the third quarter, I just man, I want to see how he responds to that yeah. pressure. He threw for 332 yards, three touchdowns, ran for a touchdown uh, in their win over Seattle. He was the first rookie in the history of the National Football League to account for four touchdowns in a playoff game. Okay, And he threw for more yards in the passing department by a rookie in a playoff game since Sammy Baugh in 1937. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, this from the Ace Morning Center chat line. This is from a texter, not from me. The problem with Purdy is that he's playing with house money, but they have three stud players that can take a five-yard pass, 80 yards for a touchdown, and he's relying on them versus forcing the ball down the field. That's far better than the Cowboys' weapons. I will agree. That is something that does concern me going into Sunday's game. You've got playmakers for the Cowboys that can get you your first down, but you don't haven't seen just big absolute guy makes a catch on a five yard play and then makes a move and takes it to the house. 
you see a 60 yard throw where he gets past somebody you'll see Zeke or Pollard bust out like a 20 or 30 yard run but it's not to the extent of he's gone you don't have that kind of speed for the Cowboys San Francisco does have that that's something they can I feel like that they can get behind your defense better than you can get behind theirs Ninth matchup in playoff history between these two teams. That's tied for the most of any matchup in the Super Bowl era. San Francisco has that number against Green Bay, and Dallas also has that number against the Rams. Cowboys have won five of the last eight, but losing last year, that's the one that you still you remember because that's the most recent. And with a lot of the same players on both teams, losing in Dallas 23-17, to Cowboys are not favored in this football game. All right. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. 801 this morning here on the Morning Drive. Uh, thank you for being with us today on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. The uh, mobile app is open for you. Go to the Yates Flooring Center chat line if you want to participate. We'll make some predictions at 830 if you want to pass along your thoughts on any of the games uh, that are taking place. We've got a girl-boy doubleheader, doubleheader going on today. Do you like that? A girl-boy doubleheader, doubleheader. Uh, one is on 100.7 the score. Lubbock Cooper girls play at Monterey at the new box. Six o'clock, it'll be standing room only. Got to get there early. And then the boys will follow. And so we'll have that game for you on 100.7 the score. And then tonight from Odessa at uh, Permian, have the friendship girls playing at six, and then the boys uh, will follow. So uh, Mojo hosting the Friendship Tigers uh, tonight down in uh, the Permian Basin. Let's hope they don't have any of it tonight. No Mojo for let's Mojo. Say, let's hope right? they don't have any. Now. Okay. None at all. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not looking for any Mojo. Uh, tomorrow we'll have uh, Big 12 basketball for you on the air. Women play at uh, West Virginia on 107.7 Yes FM at 11.30 trying to – I'm not going to say the word, use the word validate. I'm just going to say stack the success, repeat what they just did. Keep it going in the right direction. Keep it going in the right direction. Now one step forward, one step back. Right. And I think that the the last two games, what I've seen out of them, Jamie, that maybe in previous years under previous regimes, is that there were, there were tendencies or times where you wilted in the fourth quarter. You know, you might have taken a lead. Uh, and I'm not saying this team hasn't done that because – um, there you did you you did that against Oklahoma, but I mean, where you felt like the game was yours to win, and I think the last two games, um, you didn't win by a fluke. You won because you played better than the other team, played better than K State last Saturday, and played better than Texas last Wednesday. I mean, you just executed better. So um, this is a game. I mean, it's a road environment. Blah 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 blah. The whole deal. They're coming off of a tough loss in which they gave up. 57 points in the second half. So you feel like that there's probably some opportunities there. Um, and um, kind of look forward to, you know, going there and, and seeing what happens and and uh, seeing if they can kind of stack success. Now for the men, it's a different story. They're trying to get off the schneid, right? So can they put together 40 minutes of basketball? Can they play defense? Can they not necessarily – I don't think you have to control the game for 40 minutes, but, man, you sure don't want to be controlled like you were the other night against K-State or against Baylor. 
Yeah, it did feel like Baylor was complete control of that game the whole time, and you were fighting an uphill battle. And there, you would have stretches where you would kind of get the crowd into it and you'd mm-hmm. get back close, but never felt like you could climb the mountain, so to speak. And it never felt like Baylor really felt the pressure of you about to make a, a run and come back on them. And that's maybe one of the things that this team hasn't done real well is had those moments where they've gone on those big runs. And I know uh, Jeff Haxton talked about it this week, and I thought it was a really good point about the fact that Baylor went on three separate 7-0 runs yeah. in the game. Yeah, And that just kind of shows, speaks to, in my opinion, it speaks a little bit to their skill, but it also speaks to the fact that you don't have – I mean, really, in my opinion, besides Pop Isaacs, that guy that's like, okay, we need to stop a run. We need to silence a crowd. We need a big bucket here. Answer it. Who are we going to to shut this down? And it's hard to rely so much on a freshman guard in that situation, especially a freshman guard that is not a guy that gets to the rim a bunch and finishes there, gets to the free throw line. We're talking about a a freshman guard that relies on – you know, deep threes. Mm-hmm. And so that's really not what you necessarily want in those situations, although he's made it work. But um, it just uh, – you'd like to see the team get off to a better start in this game against Kansas State, not have to have that feeling of uh, playing uphill the whole way. Yeah. Um, Albert asked this question, why do you think we've lost our defensive power? Because, I mean, that that's what you were known for. Um I mean, if playing tenacious defense, and let's just say from the Beard era forward, even with Tubby Smith's last couple of teams, I mean, you were stout defensively. Mm-hmm. What, what, where do you, what, what do you think happened? Is that a result of the the transfers that you've brought in that maybe weren't as bought in? That maybe they said they were bought in defensively, or is this more related to losing and not being able to retain a Kevin McCullough or a T.J. Shannon or a Clarence Nodoni and letting him not come back or whatever. My personal opinion, I don't think that you recruited those kind of guys or that you have guys that you thought, hey, because in years past, we've complained about the, how the offense looked, right? Tech fans were frustrated, too much standing around. Offense doesn't have enough flow. We need more offensive-minded players. And, and that was probably one of the reasons why you got rid of Barrett Perry, you know, that you wanted to – and now, up your offense. and now it looks like we sold our soul to the offensive, you know, devil, and we don't have defensive-minded players. You've got two guards that are shorter guards. Compare that to what we've had in the past, where we've had long, lanky, you know, super athletic wings, Adonis Arms and uh, Davion Warren from last year just really jump out at you. The, you know, the Justin Gray type guys, mm-hmm. you know, and the Naeem Stevenson. Now think about their wingspans and how long and athletic and uh, that they were. And I, I think on the perimeter, you just don't have those guys. And so I, I think that you – I don't want to say you missed on recruiting, but if you're talking about recruiting defense, you didn't hit. And the, maybe the thought was, okay, there's still uh, these are still offensive-minded guys, and we can teach them to play defense. We can get them to buy into our system. I don't whether they're not bought in or they're just not talented enough defensively. I mean, to me, that's where it's gone. And then I, you were a better defensive team early on in the season. Then again, you were playing the 
Sisters of the Blind JV, but uh, you were better, and Daniel Bacha was a big factor in that, right? He was a rim protector. Um, he kept guys from driving the lane, had made, made you think about it if you were going to you know, try to get to the rim, all those kind of things. And as we've talked about, I mean, Daniel Bacha is a non-factor right now for this team. And so I, I think all those things factor in. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. Even even uh, Amac, I mean, if you look at Amac, I mean he, I mean yeah, he's long, but I, I don't look at him as some athletic, you know, high level defender. I mean, I just don't think you have the toughness that you've mm-hmm. had in years past yeah. on the defensive end of the floor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you have guys that are competing and they're doing what they can. I think Kevin O'Banner's a really solid defensive player. I just don't think you have great defenders like you used to have. Yeah, and for all the you know offense that you were trying to generate, you know, look at what you're doing in Big Twelve play when you're playing against you know real teams. You're only averaging 65 points a ball game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's not like you've been it's awesome not, on offense. Yeah, it's not like oh, we'll just outscore them. You know, no, nope. because you're, you're not you're not doing that. Um. So, be interesting to see what you get tomorrow. Uh, K State in conference play so far this year, they are averaging eighty-five points a ball game, but they're giving up eighty-two a game. So, can you take advantage of that? Maybe you can get right offensively, but mm-hmm. it scares you on the defensive end if they're putting up that much, that many points per game. Maybe it's 105 to 100. I don't know. Does the scoreboard, I don't know if the scoreboard at Bramlage goes to triple digits or not. I bet the octagon of doom can get up triple digits, Chuck. <clears throat> you know what I almost said last Saturday? <laughs> Ain't no doom in this octagon today, ladies and gentlemen, but... <laughs> I just did that to troll oh, you. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. I know. Draw me off sides, the whole thing. Got it. Bramlage Coliseum will be the site of pitiful, sorry Wildcat fans tomorrow that will go home with tears in their eyes. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Take it to the bank. This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.